One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to episode number 519 of Smart Podcast Trashy Books. I'm Sarah Wendell and I am on the mend. Thank you for your many kind messages. My guest this week is Danielle Jackson. Danielle Jackson's new book, The Accidental Pinup, is out now and I bet you've seen the cover. It is terrific. Danielle and I are going to chat about her book, what happened when she saw the cover, and every professional role she's had within publishing. She's been a publicist. She was my publicist for one of my books. She's also a bookseller. And now she's an author, so we have a lot to talk about. I will have links to all of the books we mentioned in this episode in the show notes, and you can find them at smartbitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast. Hello and thank you to the Patreon community that keeps the show going every week and make sure that every episode has a transcript that is hand compiled by Garlic Knitter. Thank you, Garlic Knitter. If you would like to support the show, if you enjoy what we do, please have a look at patreon.com slash smartbitches. This episode is brought to you by my favorite comfortable shoes, Rothy's. I love Rothy shoes and I was so excited when they asked to partner with my show. I have bought my own pairs for several years now. I got my sister-in-law into them. My mother-in-law loves them. And I should warn you that if you do buy Rothy's and you start wearing them everywhere because they are so comfortable, you will get compliments. I personally love traveling with them. And for an upcoming trip, I'm trying to decide which ones to bring. I love the red points that I have. They're probably my favorites. I also love the blue points. I really love the lace-ups and the pink driving moccasins are my newest pair and I kind of dig them a lot. It's a really tough choice because they are so perfect for looking dressed up and staying very comfortable. They work great with every outfit and there's a style for every situation. And because they are woven, they stretch. They are so fantastic. It's really hard for me to figure which ones to bring with me. Best of all, when they get dirty, I chuck them in the washing machine and they come out looking like new. Did I spill half a pot of turkey broth on my one blue pair? Yes. And are they perfectly fine after a wash? Yep. I love these shoes a lot. Not only because of how they look, but how long they last and how many colors there are. Your new favorite shoes are waiting. Discover the versatile styles you can wear absolutely anywhere and get $20 off your first purchase at rothys.com slash Sarah. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash Sarah for $20. $20 off your first order. This episode is brought to you in part by stamps.com. Yep, still feel pretty cool to say that. Over the years running my own business, I have learned to appreciate the value of my time and how great I feel when I find a more efficient, low stress way of crossing another item off my to do list. 
With Stamps.com, I get exclusive discounts and terrific rates on shipping from USPS and UPS, and I never have to take time to go to the post office and wait in the long line that is always there. I like all the people who work in my post office. They're terrific, but I swear there are always 30 people in line. With Stamps.com, every time I have to ship something, it's a fast and easy process. Drop in the address, the type of packaging, and then sometimes Stamps.com will tell me which service will be the least expensive. Sometimes it's the U.S. Postal Service, sometimes it's UPS. Then I print the label, grab the packing tape, and I'm done. Plus, Stamps.com works seamlessly with different online retail portals like Shopify, Etsy, eBay, and more. Stop wasting time and start saving money when you use Stamps.com to mail and ship. Sign up with promo code Sarah for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter code Sarah. This episode is brought to you in part by Athletic Greens. If you're looking for an all-in-one supplement to start your day and you would like one that tastes good, take a look at Athletic Greens. I started taking Athletic Greens because it is easy. It contains everything I need and want in a supplement. It's fast and it tastes good. First thing in the morning, one scoop, cold water, done. And my stomach never gets upset either. And after a long walk or a workout, it keeps me feeling great. Athletic Greens is lifestyle friendly. It's vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, and contains less than a gram of sugar with no GMOs. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews and is a climate-neutral certified company. It's great for travel, too. Their convenient travel packs are easy to bring along, especially if I'm changing time zones and don't know when I'll be hungry or what will be available. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash Sarah. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash Sarah to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, let's get started with this podcast, shall we? On with my conversation with Danielle Jackson. My name is Danielle Jackson, and I'm a contemporary romance author. My debut novel, The Accidental Pinup, comes out on July 19th. Uh, and I'm also the event coordinator at Anderson's Bookshop, which is an independent bookstore outside of Chicago in the suburbs. And I have worn many hats in all different sides of publishing. So I've always been in books. I've always been interested in books. And now I've got one coming out. <laughs> So you've you've actually taken a very long roundabout way to being published. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. I I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I've always been that person. I feel like a lot of people who end up writing a book say this, like I've always been a writer. I've always been interested in books and writing. Right. And I don't know why I, I don't want to say I waited because I feel like I just needed to get to this point where I could write a book, you know, but of course. I, for a long time, I was really content being kind of behind the scenes of it all. But, you know, you, you get an idea and, and you write it down and, and here we are. <laughs> and sometimes when you get that idea, it's because you really want to read this book and it isn't out there. Yeah. And you're like, all right, guess I'm going to do it myself. 
Yeah, I got to do I had to do it, right? <laughs> so congratulations on the accidental pinup. That cover is an absolute joy. Yeah. Did you like put your head between your knees when you saw the cover? Because it caused an absolute ruckus in the SBTB <laughs> Slack where all the reviewers are. Yeah, there was there was a lot of emoji use when we saw that cover. First of all, that's amazing. I, I appreciate that very much. But yes, I mean... It is one of those things. I was really lucky that my publisher, Berkeley, and my editor there, they did ask for ideas or if there were illustrators I liked. And so, you know, I mean, it was like pie in the sky. I was like, well, Lenny Kaufman who's the illustrator of the of the image of the cover. I was just like, well, she's like my fave right now. I've been a fan of hers for years. I mean, I I love what she's done for Olivia Dade, Mimi Grace, and Karen Booth. All of the covers, I mean, anything that Lenny does, whether it's a cover or an illustration, is just so beautiful and so detailed. I think that's what I really admired about Lenny's work. A lot of texture. Yeah. And there's like backgrounds and there's a lot of movement in her covers. And so I put, I put her name at the top of the list and, and they turned around and they were like, yeah, Lenny's doing it. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> so that kind of actually like made me be a little bit more calm about the whole cover process. Cause most of the time authors don't know what's happening when it comes no. to their cover. It's like surprise. Here it is. Sometimes they find out when the cover goes yeah. up on Amazon and they're like, oh, I guess that's my cover. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. But yeah, when I saw it and I saw, I saw a few different versions of it and was really just absolutely floored. And then the design team at Berkeley, they, I, I had some tweaks and some suggestions and they were able to, you know, to make that happen. And and in the end, this beautiful, this beautiful image came together. And I, I have to say the face that Lenny created for my main character, whose name is Cassie. I mean, it's exactly her. It's, it's wild. (laughs) And one of the things I love about the image is how much confidence is in her pose. Like she yeah. is very confident yeah. in her body. Yeah, totally. And it comes across at a glance. And it, and you know, I talk about this a lot. The cover has, I mean, you, you know, this from a publicity standpoint or from a bookseller standpoint, the cover has a lot of work to do in a very short amount of time. Yeah, exactly. Like you have to be able to glance at it, tell what genre it mm-hmm. is, tell what kind of a book it is, maybe even get a clue about the conflict or the hook or whatever. Like mm-hmm. It's a lot. <laughs> so. Tell me about the accidental pinup. What will readers find inside this book? So the accidental pinup, or as like in emails, I just write TAP. So I call it tap in my head. (laughs) So tap is a contemporary romance that's set in the world of boudoir and pinup photography um, in my favorite city, which is what I consider my home city of Chicago. I've lived right outside of Chicago my entire life. Cassie is an up-and-coming photographer whose best friend is a beauty and fashion influencer who is kind of doing one of those cool, like, collaborative, like, lingerie lines. I drew a lot of inspiration from Savage X Fenty, which is Rihanna's brand, or there's a plus-size model named Ashley Graham who has done some collaborations. And so I was kind of intrigued by that. But anyway, her best friend has this lingerie line coming out. And of course, Cassie is going to photograph the big national ad campaign that's, you know, going to be on hopefully billboards and in magazines and going out to customers. But her friend's pregnancy complicates things. And Cassie suddenly finds herself a beautiful black plus size woman um, in front of the camera instead of taking the pictures behind it. And then, of course, the person that they hire to take the photos for this campaign is her biggest professional rival, and his name is Reed. Uh-oh. They have to work together, and 
And, you know, she has these big ideas for the campaign. And while they do have similar photography styles, they are very different. And they kind of get into that when they are starting to work together mm-hmm. more. And, you know, and Reed has some stuff in his past and that that's kind of bubbling up into the present that complicate things. And, you know, he may need, he has his own reasons for needing creative control over this right. campaign. So, and then of course those pesky things called feelings get in the way oh, because hate that. Yeah, they're both smoking hot and they have to hang out together and she's in lingerie <laughs> all the time. So, you know, <laughs> things happen. They're both hot. They have to hang out together. Oh, yeah. well, you know, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Do you remember where you started with this book? Because you mentioned, oh, I got an idea and I had to write it down. Do you remember where you started? This is so random. It actually started. So most of the book takes place in a neighborhood in Chicago called River North. And I was at a bachelorette party and we and I was helping plan it. And we went to we're like, you know what? River North has a lot of great restaurants. It has some like clubs, even though we're in our mid thirties, we were like, we really need to go to a club. So there were some lounges more or less. Ooh, See, lounging implies sitting. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. That's what you want (laughs) when you're in your thirties and you're doing some kind of evening event. Lounge implies chairs. Right. Yeah. So you can just like hang it. You can literally sit down and just chat and the music is not too loud. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, so I was in River North walking around and and there is in this book as well. There's a restaurant that is kind of like kind of the center point where a lot of meeting like people meet and talk and hang out there. And uh, I, I don't know. It was just like I need to set a book here. And then. I had seen a lot of, I mean, I follow a ton of just boudoir photographers in general. I think it's such a beautiful art form. And I was like, oh, this is a thing, you know, and it just kind of like snowballed and went from there. And and it went to, instead of the photographer being the photographer, suddenly she has to be the model and how that makes her tick and and everything like that. And boudoir photography is incredibly empowering. Yeah, exactly. And it allows you to see images of women and their bodies mm-hmm. where normally the only body you see as sexy and attractive is a very narrow yeah. definition. It's a very narrow uh, set of attributes that get assigned sexy and appropriate for public consumption. <laughs> and boudoir photography, especially what's posted online, yeah. it undoes so much of that. It's so empowering to do. Have you done it before? I haven't. <laughs> I think you're going to have to. I know. That's what so many people have said. And uh, that's one of the number one questions I get asked is, have you done this before? Yeah. No, but maybe, I I don't know. I haven't decided if I'm going to do it yet, but I will say the research for it was really fun. Yeah. What did you learn? I mean, you know, most, I, I wrote the bulk of this book. Well, I started it in 2019 and then, you know, the rest of it was in 2020. So I wasn't like hanging out with boudoir photographers, but no. I mean, it literally was just combing over pages, like going on Instagram. I mean, you can just put boudoir photography in as a hashtag and it explodes and it's amazing. Um, But then going, finding specific places, just, you know, going to their websites, going through their portfolios. And also, you know, there are a lot of interviews, you know, you you can find there, you know, you can find someone who's interested in something and there's going to be an an interview about it somewhere. And so I just was reading so much. I've always been interested in photography as well. So, so yeah, I got to combine like a whole bunch of interests in in one thing. <laughs> Isn't it an interesting feeling when all of these little things that you knew about that you didn't mm-hmm. think were connected, all of a sudden they're connected? Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> so that's why I was into that. Oh, okay, right. sure. <laughs> yeah. So 
you were once my publicist, once upon a time, long time ago. (laughs) Very long time ago. And you have had a lot of jobs in and around books. We talked a little bit about this before. What are all of the ways in which you've worked around books? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Well, I mean, yeah, first of all, this is a very full circle moment. (laughs) Yes, it's very full circle. Yeah. So I am doing I am doing essentially publicity for you yes. when you used to do publicity for me, which is hilarious. It is very funny. I mean, it goes as far back as like, I think when I was like 10 or 11, I volunteered at my library, you know, for the summer yep. to like shelve books. And yeah, that's when it started. I've always loved books. But yeah, when I really, I was an English major in college and then I was an intern at Sourcebooks. Um, and worked my way up to assistant publicity manager overseeing PR specifically for the romance imprint, which was Sourcebooks right. Casablanca, yeah. which is still around and amazing. They're doing some really cool stuff there. I'm really impressed. After that, I took a little break. I had a baby, but I never quite really left Romancelandia. I was still you know, on Twitter. I was still following authors on Instagram and, and Facebook and things like that. And eventually I worked for a review website called called freshfiction.com as the editorial manager. I mostly managed the blog, but I also edited some reviews, attended conferences, and I still co-host the Fresh Fiction podcast. We have a lot of fun interviewing authors over there. And then, you know, after after a while of doing that, I kind of randomly on, on Instagram saw that Anderson's had an open position for event coordinator. And I applied. I actually worked with the director of events at Sourcebooks way back when. So it's all we're all connected. I mean, and I think a lot of people in who people who work in publishing kind of always know that like you always kind of know almost everyone somehow. Yes. Uh, it's not a big community right. and everyone switches places when someone rings a bell. Yes. Like someone will ring a bell and this person goes here yep. and this person goes there yeah. and they go over here. Yep. It's like and I imagine romance publishing in Chicago is an even smaller yes. community. Yeah, we're all it's all kind of the same. Not the I don't want to say it's all the same people, but especially with there's the Chicago North Romance Writers Group and then there is the yep. Windy City RWA group and you know most people belong to both and then between everyone who's going to bookstores and things like that, you know, at the different various bookstores. And Chicago is really great because it has Chicago land, I should say, so many bookstores. Yes. And yeah, so yeah, I never really saw myself doing anything else except something in the world of books. And I've been really lucky that I've gotten to stay in it as long as I have. So, and, and being on so many different sides and and then now having my own book come out it's all it's like very surreal but also very familiar in a way yeah. so yeah absolutely <laughs> so what are some of the changes you've noticed because i mean we're going back to my second book that you worked on was 2011 i think so that's 10 years since that book came out more than 10 yeah. years and there's been a lot of changes yeah. in romance in the way we talk about books even in the publicity of books mm-hmm. what are some of the changes you've noticed over those years? Yeah, it was so interesting because when I started working at Sourcebooks, that was in like the end of 2008. So the book blogger explosion like hadn't quite hit yet. It was like right before. Yeah. And so I got to see like that happen. I also got to see towards the end when I was working, like I stopped working at Sourcebooks in 2014. And I was like, how how old? It was when my daughter was. So I was like, how old is my kid? Um, and I had to think about it. That's weird. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but so, I do that too. Yeah. So then, but then it got to like 
kind of to the point where the book blogger thing was kind of waning and social media was kind of starting to ramp up. Yep. We were moving from book bloggers and Twitter to bookstagram. And And now book talk and everything. So what I've noticed is that everything is up in the air, particularly after I think being cooped up for the last almost three years. Yeah. I feel like so many people have to relearn like what is working and what isn't working. And one of the biggest things that I've noticed, especially coming from it, from working at a bookstore and also being an author is that like what works for one author isn't going to work for another author. Very true. And so I think that's really the biggest thing. Cause I feel like for a while it was like, here is this formula that that's what's going to make or break a book. Yeah. And now it's, well, this person did something viral on book talk. This person did a really big grassroots campaign where they just went to a ton of bookstores or this publisher put a ton of money behind it. This publisher put no money behind it and still hit, you know, I really feel like what's considered successful that necessarily hasn't changed that that hasn't changed, but how you get to be successful can be any number of different ways. And I also think too, I think it's so important to remember that everything has a cycle. Yes. I think right now everyone's talking about, everyone needs to be on TikTok. Like that's all you hear. I think that's like, everyone's like, you need to be on TikTok. And for me, TikTok like makes me want to break out in hives. No, thank you. Um, Yeah, exactly. I am friends with enough people. Like my co-host for Love Struck Daily, Alicia Rye is so good at TikTok. (laughs) She is so good at it. She's like, you need to get on TikTok. And I'm like, no, I do not. I can barely tolerate Instagram. (laughs) I want to know which apps are not going to talk to me or make noise. I want silent social media. If I'm going to invent a social media, it's going to be a social media with no audio. No I want, talking. Shh, no talking. No, shh, no talking. I love that. I would sign up. I'll be the first person to sign up. 100%. The introvert social media. Yeah. Don't talk to me. Don't make any noise. Like even when I scroll Twitter, if I move my thumb wrong, mm-hmm. all of a sudden videos start playing. And I'm like, blah, yeah. no, <laughs> make it stop. It's too much. No, shh. <laughs> I need quiet. I love that. Yeah, no, we're definitely on the same wavelength there. <laughs> and it's interesting because, you know, at some point, TikTok is going to yes. wane and we don't know what the next thing right. is, but there's going to be another There's going to be something else. So this is my favorite game, by the way. Where's my venture capitalist? <laughs> Any venture capitalist going to be listening to this? Yeah. <laughs> Come talk to me about silent social media. It'll be great. Seriously. Uh, it, but, and we're even in the genres, like the subgenres of romance. I mean, right now you can't look at anything without contemporary romance just bombarding you in the face. And yes. yet we all know, and I think you and I know this, especially there, there are always the other subgenres out there. You know, there's still people writing paranormal. We obviously there's still historicals. I mean, I kind of are like the backbone of romance, you know, that's where it kind of started and where it's going to keep going, but they all kind of get their time to shine, if you will. Yeah. Ebbs and flows up and down. So, you know, in, in a couple of years, we'll be like contemporary romance. Who's writing that? You know, we'll have to struggle to find that. Who knows? So my, my site started in 2005 and I want to say around 2007, uh, I used to do a campaign with Dear Author called Save the Contemporary. I remember. I remember this. Yeah. Because there were so few. <laughs> I don't th- I don't think it needs saving. No. I think it's just fine. <laughs> but maybe it's your campaign, Sarah, <laughs> that brought it about. No, I'm kidding. I don't think so. <laughs> no, I was like 10 years too early. <laughs> but also when I started my site in 2005, that was still when everything was vampires. Yeah. 
Every cover was leather pants and big hair. <laughs> and seriously, y'all, if vampires have preternatural hearing, <laughs> leather pants are noisy. They creak. They make noise. Like, why would you go hunt a vampire in pants that talk for in you? Leather pants. Seriously, <laughs> the older I get, the more I'm just like, everything. Shh, yeah. Everything needs to be quiet. I love that. What are, oh, what are the trends you want? Oh, man. I mean, I feel like it's kind of having this moment, but I love small town. I think they're so quaint and adorable, but I've been really enjoying like the more diverse small towns. The ones that actually look like human reality. Yes, the ones that like show me the town I live in. Yeah. I think you're right though, because that's community. Mm -hmm. Sequel bait. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Love some sequel bait. Every person in that town is going to have a love story. If they're single, game on. <laughs> And just being friendly, even, even the antagonist in small town romance. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Aren't that bad? <laughs> like no. they're just kind of annoying. They're not trying to destroy the earth. Yes, they're not. Yeah, they're not trying to just take over. They're trying to take over, you know, like a block of, of the city for real estate. They're not trying to literally own the destroy entire town necessarily yeah, or destroy the world. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then there's all the monster fucking, which is not my cup of tea, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm very intrigued. Like I'm always like, oh, okay, like, let me hear more about the Krakens. Am I going to sit down and read it? No, but I, am I going to go oh, absolutely. find, I'm going to go find all the spoilers on Goodreads for sure. And, oh, and yeah. find out what's going on. <laughs> and then you have the cross section of small town monster fucking, yeah, which, which I love. Maybe that's what I need. Maybe that's what I maybe need. Maybe you read. need some wholesome monster fucking. <laughs> I love some wholesome monster fucking. So if anyone has suggestions, please come find me. Oh, and tell me. Many, I'm many sure. suggestions. Yeah. <laughs> So what does your work at the bookstore involve in events? Because yeah. I've I've been on the receiving ends of events, mm -hmm. obviously, been in the audience, and I've done moderation or yeah. you know, been in conversation with somebody at events. And I do a lot of preparation for mm -hmm. that. But I'm the one who's just, you know, on stage for an hour with a yeah. microphone trying to facilitate <laughs> a conversation. And I know having done events planning in other industries, yeah. there's a lot involved. There's so what, what for you when you're doing events at Anderson's, what does your job involve? And what do you think are the elements of a really good event? Yeah. Oh, this is a great question. So like I mentioned earlier, there's the director of events and she really is the person who 
is contacting publishers or working with authors because we do work with some local authors and things like that. Um, but she's the one who's really going in. You can go into various websites, but the biggest one is Ada Weiss and you can like request an event with an author. And so she like clicks require interested in an event and then a publicist or their event person, you know, at the publisher, they will reach out and say, yes, let's try to figure out a date, usually around a release. And we go from there. And so when, when I come into the picture is I'm really trying to nail down all of the details. So it's like, is this author going to be talking to someone? Are they doing a solo presentation? The director of events and I will kind of decide if it if it's an event we can do in the bookstore or if it's going to be offsite. And then we have to contact offsite venues um, and secure all of that. It, you know, so it's all of those like tiny little details that that does it kind of, you know, eventually mutates down into about an hour <laughs> of, of people talking about books and then hopefully moving into a book signing, you know, and then there the flip side is, well, if they're not going to do a signing, are they pre-signing the books or are we doing book plates? You know, so it's like just kind of, we have like very long checklists that we go through and check them yeah. all off to make sure it all kind of comes together. Um, and then too, like part of my job is we, you know, we have ticketing links, for, especially for our offsite events. Those need to be people to buy tickets for those. And so I create those, those little ticketed links and put in all the info and press live. Yep. So that's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot, but it's fun. It really is. And the thing about book events is that there's a bunch of different elements that only happen then. Yeah. Right. Right. Like being in the event live with people, mm-hmm. it's this weird, weird intersection of reading mm-hmm. and entertainment. Yeah. Like it's a show about your books, but not exactly, but kind of yes. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I totally agree. And so going back to your question about what makes a successful book event. Yeah, for sure. It really varies. You know, my, the very first event I did with Anderson's was their first event after it you know, not doing in-person events. They had been doing virtual events. We still do virtual events, but the very first event that they had in person was with Bob Odenkirk and there were almost a thousand people. And that was the, the my first in-person event with Anderson's. Wow. That's a lot of humans in one place, it was. especially after COVID. Yes. Ooh. And it, and it was, this was in March. So we were still masking and yeah. that was really important to us as a bookstore, but also to Bob Odenkirk. He wanted everyone to be masked as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, you know, so he was telling us stories about, you know, his days on SNL. But then a few days later, we had like kind of 20 people in the bookstore with I'm trying to say, or maybe it was it was, it was a little bit more than that. But it was E.B. Zaboy who writes, you know, a middle grade and YA and mostly a lot of speculative fiction. Yeah. And, you know, but every person in that audience, I think in that in that smaller audience was just as engaged. Yeah. As, you know, a thousand people watching, you know, Bob Odenkirk tell jokes, Absolutely. you know, and, and it was real, that was really cool for me to go from one event to like one extreme to the other. And, and it was just, it was really awesome. And I think engagement is that is the key word there. It's like, if people are there and they are interested in the subject matter or the person or the author, you know, or the book itself, and they are enjoying themselves and they are yeah. listening, you know, and not on their phones or aren't distracted or whatever. I mean, I think that's a successful event, you know, where people are just like really excited about a book really in particular and, and, and they get to hear more about it. That's really cool. Back in the days of RT, I used to think how amazing it was that people would 
take almost a week off of work away from their kids, away from the parents they care for, away from all of their home responsibilities. And they would essentially go on a vacation about books. (laughs) And I used to think, you know, I don't necessarily have a lot of things in common with every single person who attends this conference. But we're all here because of this one thing. Mm -hmm. And that's really cool. I want to talk to the people whose vacation priority is books. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. You know? Like even if you're going to a place that I've never thought of going before, yeah. well, the books are going to be there and the book people are going to be there. So that's where I'm going. That's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And essentially you're creating an event about books. Yeah. We were kind of before, you know, we were, when we were emailing and so you had talked with Christina Lauren on their tour. Yes. I did their first event yeah. and that was, that was 350 people yeah. in a theater mm-hmm. sold out. It started late because the line to get in to get your book and to check your vax card yeah. was two blocks long. Oh my God. And I was like, y'all can take as much time as you need. Yeah. And, and that was amazing. It was so cool. Yeah. I mean, and then I was like in the signing line taking photos of everyone as they were kind of coming up. They yeah. had candid photos. And it was just like people were like sobbing, meeting oh, them. And absolutely. I was just like, this, this is where I'm supposed to be, like hanging out with people who are just as excited as I am yeah. about, about books. It's just it's great. And I think people outside of books and as an industry and as a community don't necessarily understand, especially in romance, mm-hmm. how much intimacy is involved in evoking an emotional response from somebody in something that they wrote. Totally. Like yeah. so many people came up to Christina Lauren at the event in DC saying, you, you got me through such a hard time yeah. and I don't know how to thank you. Right. <laughs> and that's really important. It's important to, to, to figure out what to do with that emotional response. Yeah. And it's a very powerful thing to even create it in someone else already. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. imagine the crowd in, in Chicago was the same. Oh yeah. It was, it was such a good crowd. We, it was Christina and Lauren and Sonali Dave was there and Jen Prokop from Faded Mates was moderating. And it was mm-hmm. just, we just, it was like, it was like a fun night out for everyone. Even yeah. though I was working, I felt, I yeah. still was like, this is fine. This is great. You know? So yeah. Yeah. It's a really, it's a really cool job to have. And I, I think I'm really lucky that I get to like bring books to readers in this way. Yeah. It must be kind of a relief to move away from virtual only because yes. <laughs> as much as I don't like going to places where people are, I recognize that there is a very specific cohesive magic that happens when people are all in the same place for the same purpose. Yes. That's a very unique experience. I definitely still see the value in virtual events. Absolutely. They're accessible unilaterally. Yeah. And you get to see people who you never in a million years probably would be able to see. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, there is something quite magical about, you know, sitting in a room and you're all excited about this one book. Like, it's just, it's really cool. (laughs) There are some things that exist only in the moments that they are happening. Mm -hmm. And that's part of your job is to create that experience. Yeah. So how has that work influenced how you are approaching your own book launch. Oh, this is great. The the biggest thing I think that I'm taking away is I really am trying to enjoy the idea of my book coming out and like just being a part of that process. Oh, that's so important. So important. And I think part of it is because number one, I know how much work goes into all aspects of it, you know, so I know what it's like for someone to sit down and write a book. I also know (laughs) 
like how many people look at a book before it even gets sent to a printer, you know, and there are so many different moving parts when it comes to create just one book. And, and now, and, you know, and then when it happens, it's kind of like, okay, here's the book and, and that's it. But there are so many opportunities along the way. And I'm not going to sit here and act like I've been completely calm the entire time. Like I have definitely <laughs> like, I wouldn't believe you <laughs> been up very late at night, like trying to figure out where a comma goes or, you know, or like worried about if this sentence actually makes sense or whatever, you know, or if I sent the right file to my editor or whatever, there are a million things to just get really worked up over. And so I've been really trying to like, allow the working up happen, but then also to be like, you have done what you can do. Yep. Now you have to just let it go. And, and that's where it is. But yeah, I mean, you know, you get told you have to do X, Y, and Z. You have so many things that you should be doing before your book comes out. But then at the same time, X, Y, and Z really doesn't move the needle. No, it's so frustrating, right? Really frustrating. So that's why I've kind of, that's, I think that's one thing where I've been kind of like, okay, like I, I, I know what my publisher has planned to do and I know what I have planned to do. And if, and if it goes viral or whatever the, that operative word may be, mm-hmm. if it does something great, but if not, you know what? I wrote the book and I'm excited about it and I'm proud of it. So yeah. And here it is. Yep. <laughs> And your moment of control ends when it releases. That's yeah. the end. You can't do anything more about it. That book now belongs to everyone who reads it. Yeah. And your responsibility for it ends in terms of being able to change it. You can't make any changes after that point. Yeah. I mean, I think, and I think too, it's like, I don't want to sit here and say like, I'm not on social media and I don't do anything. I just write. No, like I do all the other things too. That's the reality. Yeah. Yeah. I think I also though, kind of, I think I just know like, oh yeah, like Instagram's cool, but does it really sell a ton of books? Like sometimes, but not always, you know? And, and so, yeah, I try, I'm really trying to like balance it all out and just enjoy it. You know, I had someone before the book even came out, someone was like cosplaying as my book cover. That's so cool. It was beautiful. It was absolutely amazing. And she hadn't even read the book. I need to see this and I need to put it in the show notes. That's amazing. I'll send it to you ASAP. Please do. I will. It was, it was, you know, and that, and like, so I would rather focus on that Yes, absolutely. Yeah. You can also invest in the community that you have. You already have somebody cosplaying as your book. That's amazing. I know. It's, it was, I was like, what is happening? That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, totally. So I always ask this question, what books are you reading that you want to tell people about? Gosh, so many, but I, I did narrow it down. This is a very dangerous question to ask a bookseller. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> um, the first I want to mention, I mentioned her a few minutes ago, but it's The Emma Project by Sonali Dave. Yes, yeah. So delight, like just what a delight. First of all, she's a delight in general, but also that this book is so much fun. It's the fourth book in her Raja series, which is about, it follows a very well-to-do family that they live in California and all of the books are kind of Austin inspired. And so this, what this last one is Emma inspired and the you know, it's, it's kind of, it's a gender flipped Emma retelling yeah. and it's just, it's set in like kind of the nonprofit world, which is really interesting to me. Yep. And I just didn't realize it was so dramatic there. Oh yes, it is. Yeah. Right. Oh, well, yeah. I think anywhere, anywhere is dramatic with the right circumstances, but I mean, it's just, it's beautiful. And, and Sonali, I think really does like heart wrenching and heartwarming. Yes. In the same like paragraph most of the oh, time. Oh yes. 
She's just so good. Yes, she is going to slowly remove your heart from between your ribs. <laughs> and then put it back. And then, and then put it back. Yeah. But yeah, there's removal process. Yeah. <laughs> Next, I literally finished this morning A Caribbean Heiress in Paris by Adriana Herrera. Ooh. It's so fun. It's set at like the, it starts at the 1880s Paris World's Fair. And it's about a Dominican woman who makes rum, trying to get like her rum business in Europe, basically. And of course, there's a man who sells whiskey who's like kind of complicating things. And there may or may not be a marriage of convenience that happens. And it's just, and they go to Scotland. It's great. It's really, really good. But what I love the most about this book is that I learned so much. I just did not know very much about the Caribbean during the 1880s. And it was just so cool to like see this woman go through a lot of the things that women today go through still. Yeah. Like I personally could have, as a black woman could completely relate to and, and finding, you know, finding allies who are actually doing the good work, not just being performative and, and being successful and being creative and being proud of her work. Like it was so awesome. So I really, I highly recommend that. And it clearly is setting up for more books. So I cannot wait. Another really fun book that I just finished a few days ago is Fake It Till You Bake It by Jamie Wesley. Um, It's a contemporary romance and it's about an NFL player who opens a cupcake shop. As you do. Right, right. Totally makes sense. Um, And then there's a woman who was on a Bachelor style show and she declines the proposal like on national TV and everyone hates her. Literally everyone in America hates her, but she ends up for reasons working at the cupcake shop and they, and they like kind of immediately butt heads, but also really like each other from from the start. And it's, it's just, it's, it's really cute. It's really adorable. And I now just want to eat cupcakes all the time. Yep. I mean, obviously. And then I think moving into more food, I also finished recently finished the romance recipe by Ruby Barrett. And this is a sapphic romance about two women. One of them owns a restaurant and then one of them is the executive chef at the restaurant. And they are kind of trying to save the business and not fall in love and also figure out what, what could happen if, if their restaurant closes and, you know, and, and just kind of different, different aspects. And one of them is coming out, she comes out as bisexual and, and, you know, she has to kind of grapple with, you know, telling the people in her life and also just like really owning it herself. So that was really great. Yeah. Um, and then the last one, and this is one that when this goes up, it won't, it'll be out like a week after this goes up, but it's, That's um, it's fine. Called, yeah. After hours on Milagro street by Angelina M. Lopez. And it's about a woman who's a bartender in Chicago, but she kind of has to quit her job because like a video of her blowing up at someone goes viral. And so she goes back home to the bar that her family owns. And it's, you know, she, she knows that they've been struggling, but didn't realize how bad it was. And there's a very hot professor who is living in the apartment above the bar you don't get a good read of him of like why he's there exactly. And she, she questions it immediately. Right. Also they literally in chapter one immediately are hooking up and that's like the level that this book stays on. <laughs> oh my. Yeah. It's so it bangs is what you're saying here. Yeah. It bangs. Yes. Totally does bang. Um, And it's just, it's really great. And again, this is a book where I learned, I did not know about 
how Mexican people came from Mexico and were in Oklahoma and have been there for centuries. And, and that in Angelina is a friend of mine, I should say, but you know, her, that's like where her family is from. So this book is really personal to her and just having spoken with her throughout writing this book. And now that it's coming out, like this yeah. book really means a lot. And I think you can tell that it's such a special, interesting awesome book. So I, that's another one I'm really excited for. That's so cool. Yeah. Well, thank you. Tell, tell people where they can find you on the internet. Yes. My website is daniellejacksonbooks.com and you can find me mostly on Instagram and sometimes on Twitter and at both places I'm at D Jackson books. And that brings us to the end of this week's episode. Thank you to Danielle Jackson for hanging out with me and congratulations again on the release of The Accidental Pinup. If you are looking for a copy, you can find one in the show notes at smartpitchestrashybooks.com slash podcast. And you can find Danielle Jackson on her website, daniellejacksonbooks.com. I will also link in the show notes to the artist who designed the cover. I love looking at the artwork of cover designers. Isn't that fun? They're on Instagram and I will have a link. Do not worry. As always, I end with a terrible joke. And I told this joke to my husband and he didn't even bother to respond. That's how bad it is. So are you ready to afflict this joke upon everyone you know? Because I am about to inflict it upon you. All right, here we go. Why was Billy Joel's laundry still wet? Why was Billy Joel's laundry still wet? He didn't start the dryer. (laughs) I can hear you groaning. Like, I can hear you groaning right now. Like, somewhere there's someone walking around just going, ah, please enjoy sharing that joke. He didn't start the dryer. On behalf of everyone here, we wish you the very best of reading. Have a wonderful weekend, and we will see you back here next week with a very special guest. It's Julie Carwood. Shh. Until then, have a great weekend. Smart Podcast Trashy Books is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. You can find more outstanding podcasts to subscribe to at frolic.media slash podcasts. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. 
For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.